Like many of you, I have a very vivid memory of one of the verbal pictures, one of the many verbal pictures that Pastor Des used to paint for us from time to time. And as I tell it, I'm sure you'll recall it as well. It is that of a shepherd at the close of the day when he is counting the sheep and he widens his stance and lets each of the sheep pass through his legs. And as he does, he's examining to see if there's any damage that has taken place to the sheep in, in, uh, in that day, if there's any wounding or anything that needs to be tended to. And those who were, who were doing fine, they just got a, a tap on the backside and they went off on their way. And those who had been gotten in trouble or there was an issue or a problem or a wounding, had been hurt, whatever, he put them off to the side so that he could tend to them um, after he had finished uh, accounting for, for all of them. How many of you remember Pastor Des talking about that many, many times? It's one of those images that I have in my mind. That picture reminds us of the responsibility of the shepherd to be sensitive to the voice and the condition of the sheep. And I talk to a lot of sheep as I go through my days. I hear the good, I hear the encouraging, and I hear some of the other stuff as well. And sometimes someone will make a certain statement to me that speaks of their condition, and it'll get my attention. I take note. It helps me know how to pray for them. But then I find it coincidental when in the same season, I hear almost the exact same statement from someone else, not necessarily connected to the first person. And then when I hear it from another, three, four, five people or more, it really gets my attention and tells me that maybe there is a general condition amongst us that as a fellowship, we should address or we should turn to the word of the Lord and see what the, what the Lord would be saying to us or what should be done. Well, I've heard the same four-word statement from lots of people in the last few days or last few weeks especially. And it may very well be the statement that is also on your lips today or that you have made this statement recently. And the statement is this. Here's what I've heard so many people say to me. Dan, I'm just so tired. Why do I feel like I could close down right now, give an altar call, and 85% of you would come running to the altar? By the way, I want you to feel free to respond. You can talk to me. Keep it respectful. But, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're free to respond. In fact, I may be calling you out here and saying something that you, you feel free to say, yep, that's me, that's me. Many people are saying to me, I am just so tired. I'm tired. And what is clear about the statement is the kind of tired they're talking about. It's not the tired that can be taken care of simply by a good night's sleep. No, it's, it's deeper than that. It's a tired that has built up over time. It's a tired that reflects a depletion of one's emotional, physical, and spiritual strength. And it hasn't happened in a period of a day or two, but it's happened over a season. And the truth is, it's true for many of us. And if you're in that condition today, you're not alone. It was one of our great Christian writers, J. Oswald Sanders, who made the statement, the world today is run by tired men and women. He says, most souls 
are won by tired people. The best sermons are preached by tired preachers. Hallelujah. The best youth camps are run by exhausted youth pastors. The best missionaries are typically the exhausted ones. And so many times we are called upon to minister or to, to uh, give care or aid or to minister to, the, to others when we are tired. How many know we have to be parents when we're tired? How many know you have to care for that infant in the middle of the night when you're tired? How many of you have ever had to walk the floors at night with an infant? You know that happens when you're tired. We have to be a caretaker for a loved one, a spouse or, or a parent or whatever it is, when we're tired. We have to work when we're tired. We have to do all kinds of things when we're tired. John 4, 6 tells us that a tired Jesus literally changed a whole city. Listen to these words in John chapter 4. And Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Now we know this is when he is uh, beginning to speak to the woman at the well and literally an entire city was changed. Though he was tired, Jesus still had a chance to minister to that woman, though everything inside of him could have easily been saying, I am too tired to do this. I'm too tired to talk to this woman. I'm too tired. Many people today face what we have come in our age to call this thing called burnout. How many know what I'm talking about when I say burnout? Burnout. It could be burnout in ministry. It could be burnout in the church. It could be burnout with your work, whatever it is. Well, I'm going to propose this to you. You, you may not agree with me, but you think on it for a while and, and um, let me know when you finally changed your mind. <clears throat> Within the kingdom... I don't think burnout comes from doing too much work. I think it comes from doing the wrong work. When you burn out, it's emotionally, spiritually, physically, and, and typically it's from doing, I would say, the, the, the wrong thing. It's, but it's, it's not necessarily from doing a bad thing. It's just not necessarily that which God has required from you. And you've busied yourself with all kinds of things that have drained you and exhausted you and completely taken everything away, and it wasn't necessarily an assignment from the Lord. That's typically when you'll see someone in burnout. Now, that's different than getting tired. We all get tired. We all know what it is to be absolutely exhausted, and, and even with that feeling, that knowing what it is to have that feeling, I, I just can't go on any further. But that's not the same as being burned out. Being burned out comes from taking on a responsibility that probably was not yours to take on. It comes from doing that which God has not expected of you, or that which God has not necessarily even required of you. Well, I'm going to talk for just a few minutes this morning to those of you who are saying this to me. Pastor, I'm just so tired. Am I talking to anybody in the house this morning? Yeah, you're going to sit there and be nice, aren't you? Okay. And what you're really saying is that you are stretched emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. In the South, we would say it like this, I'm just slap wore out. How many Southerners do we have in the room? Never really understood what that meant, but I've heard it many times. There's a verse I'm going to take you to in Isaiah today, if you have your Bibles. I'm going to read this verse to you and ask you to um, 
to consider it with me for just a few minutes. Isaiah chapter 57, verse 10 says this. You were tired out by the length of your road, yet you did not say it is hopeless. You found renewed strength, therefore you did not faint. Now, I, I want to be very careful in how I present this verse to you this morning. It is important that you understand that the context of this verse is not a positive thing for the people of Israel. They were actually receiving a rebuke from the prophet when you study the context. But regardless of that, the indication here is a powerful statement of our humanity that I want you to consider. And there's a flip side to this verse. And I want us to grasp what I believe the Lord is saying to us this morning through this verse. The first thing that catches my attention about this verse is the phrase, you were tired out by the length of the road. You were tired out by the length of the road because I believe those of you who are in that condition today, that's the issue. You're not just tired out from a hard day's work or from overexertion of energy in a relatively short period of time. No, the kind of tired that many of us are experience, experiencing is from the length of the journey. It's that tired that, that you have been depleted in every aspect of your being. Some of you are tired of being single. Some of you are tired of marriage struggles. Some of you are tired of waiting for a job. Some are tired of the challenges with your kids. Tired of trying to pay bills but having no money. Tired of creditors calling. Tired of dealing with traffic in Dallas-Fort Worth. Can I get a witness? <laughs> tired of all the road construction. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Some people are tired of church. Just Tired out by the length of the road that you are on. Tired of health issues, whether it be yours or that of a loved one that you're having to deal with or be the caretaker for. Tired of fighting insurance companies. Tired of financial strain. Tired of all of the above. How many say, yeah, that's me? All of the above. And it feels like the road will never end because you are tired out by the length of the road. Let me tell you something. Sin entering, entering into our world has messed up everything. Did you know that? Sin has added all of these obstacles to our road. And I don't know about you, but when I get to heaven, I got a thing or two to say to Adam and Eve. How about you? <laughs> so today, in my addressing you, it's not so much about a singular issue that you may be fighting Rather, what I'm talking to those who have been on the journey and who have been in the, in the fight for a long time. It's the length of your road that is wearing you out. It's not necessarily just the individual fight of, of, of faith or whatever it is that you're fighting. It's, it's, it's why isn't this thing over yet? Isaiah speaks of the length of the road that will wear you down. It's not necessarily the road itself because we're Texans. We know how to fight. Amen. It's the length of the road. It's when you're worn down to the point of saying, how much longer? This thing has been going on for months or, or maybe years. When is it going to stop? And for many of us, not only has the journey been long, you've been facing something, but it, about the time you think one thing's over, 
How many know here comes another? It's multiple issues in your journey that you're facing. And then here comes another, and then another, and another. I think about Joseph's road. When we talk about the length of the road, I can't help but think about Joseph. But listen to this. If Joseph had not been Egypt's prisoner for all those years, he could not have been Egypt's governor. Don't ever forget this, church. God's road will always lead you somewhere. Let me let that sink in. God's road, not the road you've chosen, not the things you've taken on yourself that's causing your burnout, but God's road is always leading you somewhere. That's good, Dan. So in the length of the road, he's taking you somewhere. The problem is, for all of us, we don't know where it is. And we'd feel a whole lot better about it if we knew where we were going. Amen? But you don't get that information. Joseph's road is almost two decades. And we want the governor part. We like that part. We just don't want the road part. We'd like to avoid all the other stuff to get there. But the problem is this, and we all run into it. When you are on God's road, the problem is when you try to fix it yourself. How many have ever tried to fix it yourself? And what I mean by that, particularly when you try to shorten the length of your road. You try to say, you know, I've been on this road a long time. I am wore out. Surely this is not, and you try to shorten the length of the road that God has you on. And you are looking desperately to find the next exit ramp, and you're doing it prematurely. Because it's uncomfortable, and you're tired, and surely there's a way out of this. You may, be, you may, may even have been guilty of saying, this is ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous. We've all done it at one time or another. Stopping short of the destination. Trying to shorten the road, even though it's the, it's the road that God has us on. In 1952, a very brave and strong young lady waded into the Pacific Ocean. Florence Chadwick was determined to break another record. To date, to that date, no woman had ever crossed the channel between Catalina Island and the California coast. Long-distance swimming wasn't new to Florence. She was a seasoned long-distance competitor. In fact, she was the first woman to swim the English Channel in both directions. But this was a 26-mile stretch, and the conditions that July morning were not optimal. Not only was the water very cold, but a thick blanket of fog had settled in. And to make matters worse, there were sharks who had trailed her course and, she, and had to be driven off several times. Florence's coach... And family followed along in a small boat cheering her on, saying, Go for it, Florence. You can do it. You got this. But it was foggy, real foggy. And even when she'd been swimming for 15 hours, Florence still could not see the shoreline. A bit discouraged and very tired, she finally took her last stroke, telling her family, I just cannot go on. And she quit. And they all consoled Florence as they pulled her aboard, and she collapsed with exhaustion. Well, as it turned out, Florence quit much too soon on that cold July morning. She had swam, at, at that point, she, she had been swimming 25 and a half miles. But because she couldn't see the end, because the fog was there, she couldn't see the coast, Florence fell short of her goal by just a half mile. Had she only known one half mile, she wouldn't have quit at that point in time. I've heard it said recently that many people give up because 
instead of looking at how little they have left to go, they look at how far they have come already. And they get tired in the, in the journey. Well, it doesn't work when you try to shorten the road. You've got to finish the journey. You've got to finish the road. You've got to finish what God has, uh, the, the path that he has you on. And the truth is, all of us have a lengthy road. That's what Isaiah is saying. But thank God when you wait and you do it in God's timing, in God's answer, God's provision, and it's done God's way. Can you say amen to that? So Isaiah says, you were tired out by the length of the road. And he says, but you did not say, it's hopeless. There is one thing, folks, that the Christian cannot say. The Christian can never say that it's hopeless. That there is no hope. That there's nobody. This thing will never stop. A Christian cannot say that. I don't care how negative a person you may think you are by nature. There is always hope when you have Jesus. There is always hope. For the believer, there's always a tomorrow. For the believer, there will always be new mercies for you in the morning. Weeping may endure for the night. But joy comes in the morning. Bless the Lord. Now you're not promised that you'll be joyful every day. We know that there will be weeping days. But you have to remember that there is a joyful morning that's coming because you have Jesus. Somebody ought to say thank the Lord this morning. Because the path of the just, one of my favorite verses, the path of the just is as a shining light on the length of your road. And every step is taking you closer and closer to that perfect day. Dear believer, if you have anything today, you have hope. I said, if you have anything today, you have hope. Come on, give the Lord a clap of praise today because he's the one who gives us hope. By the way, I've noticed something taking place in our services. When people feel so moved on by the Spirit, they just can't stay in their seat any longer. That's okay. It may be during a time of worship I've been so moved upon by the Holy Spirit. Something is so alive within me. Something's happened. I just can't stay in my seat any longer. If you want to respond to the Lord, respond to the Lord. It's perfectly welcomed here. When I think of hope, I think of Rahab, the prostitute. When the whole city of Jericho is about to be annihilated, there is one prostitute with her house built on the wall. The Bible talks about it in Joshua chapter 2. And the two spies that Joshua had sent out from the Israelite camp, who she, whom she had hidden and protected, they said to her, if you, if you hang out this scarlet cord or this rope, that will be the sign that we will not harm anyone within your house. You remember the story. We'll keep our word that though we will destroy everything else in the city, you, you will, you will be protected. And not only protected, but when you read the Bible, folks, you'll see not only is she protected, she's in the genealogy of Jesus. This girl whose reputation was not terrific, she trusted the words of these Jewish spies and she ends up in Matthew chapter 1 in the genealogy of, G of Jesus. But here's the part that makes me think of hope. It's this, if you look up the word cord or, or rope in the Hebrew, the word cord or rope, it literally means hope. So if you're sitting here this morning saying to yourself, I'm just hanging on by a thread, I want you to know that the thread that you think you're hanging on to is the thread of hope for you. It's hope on a rope. 
The words of Isaiah in our passage indicate that the road is long. Yes, it's long, but it is not hopeless. You may be here this morning and say, Pastor, I am so tired. I have been on this road for so long. I want you to remember this. It may have been a long road, but it is not hopeless in Jesus' name. Literally, she trusted the words of those spies and said, you mean if I simply hang out this scarlet rope that you won't kill me? She banked on those words, and God did an amazing thing, but just think about it. That's her putting her hope in those two Jewish spies. Our hope today is not just in a couple of Jewish spies. Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Our hope is built on the God who cannot lie. Listen, every time you go to the Word, you ought to be reminded, this is my hope. Every time you open the book, this is my hope. But God says to us, and his word is true, and he cannot lie. Oh, soul, are you weary and troubled? <laughs> no light in the darkness, you see. There's light for a look at the Savior and life more abundant and free. So turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. So the indication for us this morning from Isaiah is this. Don't say the road is hopeless. Don't say that you're tired of this thing and there is no more hope for me because there is always hope if you're a Christian. There's always provision for the journey. There's always a joy that comes in the morning. There's always going to be new mercies for you in the morning for we are a people who trust in the God who always gives hope. And let's look at the last part of the verse. I want them to put the verse back up from Isaiah 57. Isaiah says this, and you found renewed strength. He didn't say you found more strength. He says, and you found renewed strength. There is a difference. This word renew is important for us to understand this morning. Now, we know very well from another verse from Isaiah in chapter 40 where it says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like an eagle. I believe I can fly. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now, if you recall, Tim Delina was here a couple of weeks ago, but when he was here last year in 2013, he very dramatically and graphically pointed out the significance of the sequence of the action in this verse. Most of us would read this verse and think of our Christian life as if we start out walking and then we get better at being a Christian, whatever that means, and we move to the running stage. And then as we progress, we go from running to flying. But this verse from Isaiah makes it clear that we start out flying and then more of life starts happening and, and then we, we go to running. We get kind of knocked here and there. We go to running and then we end up walking the walk of faith. Scripture tells us that we walk in the Spirit, but you don't stop. Paul says it this way in Galatians chapter 6, so let us not get tired of doing what is right, for after a while we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't get discouraged and don't give up. The road is lengthy, but you keep walking. You don't have to fly, you don't have to run. But you keep walking, for they that wait upon the Lord. 
Not those who cheat and try to find the early exit ramp off of their road. Not those who try to rush the process just because it's uncomfortable or inconvenient. But they that wait upon the Lord are the ones who will? They will what? They renew their... So what's the big deal about this word renew? Here's what we need to understand about the word renew. It's not that all of a sudden you just got stronger. It's, it, or that God somehow takes your strength and you get all buffed up spiritually. That's not it. The word renew actually means exchange. He takes your strength and says, even at your best, you're not strong enough. Bless your heart. And so what he says, this word renew, I'm going to take your strength, I'm going to pull your strength out, and I'm going to put my strength in. It's called a strength exchange. How many want one this morning? What he's saying is this, in order for you to make it down the, the road, for some people, the, the road is waiting for the dream to come true. For others, it's, it's been a long road of suffering. Whatever it is, God is saying this to us through this scripture. Don't ever say it's hopeless. And just when you feel like you've lost strength, let me exchange it. Let me take your strength, no matter how weak and feeble it may feel it is to you today. No matter how tired out you are because of the length of your road, let me take it. And I'm going to give you a strength exchange. I'll take your strength out and I'm going to put my strength in. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for a strength exchange this morning. Anybody with me? Who wants to say along with me this morning, God, I know it's not hopeless, and I'm counting upon you to give me a strength exchange. Who by raised hand would say, yeah, that's me this morning. Let's bow our heads for just a moment, please. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Lord, you're so faithful to us. Thank you for your word today. Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 11. He says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Notice what he says. He says, and I will give you rest. Rest is a gift. It's a gift from Jesus. You can't find it. He gives it to you. He is the giver of rest. You try to find rest without him, it's impossible. At least not the kind of rest you and I are looking for. It's at the very end of chapter 57 of our, of our text this morning. Isaiah gives us this dynamic contrast between those who know Jesus and those who don't. He says, but those who still reject me are like the restless sea, which is never still, but continually churns up mud and dirt. There's no peace for the wicked, says my God. They can never rest. 
Because here's the truth. There is never real rest apart from God. Never. If you're here today in this room and you're ready to say, I want that strength exchange. My road has been long and I'm tired. But today I'm asking the Lord for his strength. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to take just a moment and get out from your seat and come and meet me here at the front for just a word of prayer. From the balcony, from the main floor, just come and meet me at the front for a word of prayer. Wherever you can come from wherever you are. I'm a firm believer that there's something significant about responding to the word of the Lord, which requires you to take action. If this message has resonated with you at any level, just, just get up, meet us down here as Pastor Brent sings, and join me here, and we're going to have a word of prayer. Come on, let's do it now.